to the Rebel Madman Radio program here on uh, RBN. And uh, folks, uh, get out there, support RBN, and help us find a place for this monument, the USS Liberty. This must be done. These men's sacrifice is beyond anything that any of these I'm going to have to watch my language here, but these people who inhabit the District of Criminals in Washington, D.C., they don't have the honor in a fingernail that these people do, and people like Kathy, who will step up and do the job that our government is too cowardly or too corrupt to do itself. Now, uh, Phil, uh, would you continue with your thoughts, sir, and then let's get back to Kathy. You know, Mike, it, it, uh, uh, it's just so frustrating. Uh, we we hit, a, hit a roadblock everywhere we go. It doesn't matter if it's the monument uh, or they, they say, well, now's bad time because of the war in Israel. Well, when has ever been a good time for the USS Liberty? It's never been a good time. So uh, I'm not surprised they turned us down over and over again. You know, this, uh, whether people believe it or not, this is a very hot topic. The USS Liberty survivors are whistleblowers. Yes. People ought to listen to And, Phil, let me tell you, having actually worked in that uh, uh, den of iniquity called the National Security Agency, having actually been in that building for quite some time, uh, let me reassure you that I knew from the very beginning that there was no way that NSA was ever going to honor the USS Liberty because that agency, like most of our alleged intelligence agencies, are controlled by the very people who bombed you guys. Uh, Absolutely, and uh, it's been that way... uh well, it's been that way for as long as I've been alive. Let's put it that way. Uh, but yes, uh, yeah, it's pretty sad that they'll kill the murder. Our government will set their their own men up that took an oath to defend this country with their life, and then they send us into this trap to be slaughtered, and they left well, us out there alone. What kind of people does that take? What kind well, of people does it take from Israel to be exactly. on this big, badass plane to shoot this up? Torpedoes. They said five torpedoes at us. Can you imagine that? Only one hit through the grace of God. Yes. Well, here's you know, the thing we know, we know for sure, uh, Phil, and that is this. And people, I'm so tired. I am up to my eyeballs. When I see people talking about, oh, it's the Democrats, oh, it's the Republicans, oh, it's one way or the other. Folks, let me tell you something. They are both in just as much a mess here as anybody else has ever been. They are the same thing. They are two wings of the same buzzard, as I've heard for most of my life. And yet people will go, oh, well, look who's to blame here. Look who's to blame there. Folks, stop and think about something. Henry Kissinger, who said his definition of, he said, the military man is nothing but a worthless 
pawn to be used for foreign policy. Now, that's not the direct quote, but it's pretty close. He was the top foreign policy advisor for 11 consecutive presidents, both parties. People don't tell me that the Republicans are bad, the Democrats are good, or vice versa, because you're both wrong. They're both evil. And if you think that voting for the lesser of evil will ever cure evil, you've lost your mind. Well, before, let me jump down off my soapbox here. Go ahead, Phil. That's a good soapbox to be on. Hey, listen, uh, telling the truth, that's always refreshing and good to do it. It cleanses the soul for me. Uh, You know, it's just uh, egregious attacks on uh, America, what they do on American citizens. Not not just the servicemen, but the the American citizens, man, because when they shot us, they were shooting you. And... uh, I don't know if that's ever going to come come to that, but uh, they shot us, so people better remember they were shooting you too. Oh, absolutely. I mean, if people, if you have any uh, doubts whatsoever what this government will do to its own people, you can look at the USS Liberty, that's for sure. You can look at so many other things that they have done. But, you know, take a look at Operation Northwoods. Read up on Operation Northwoods and look at what this government was willing to do to take us to war. They were willing to kill American citizens on the streets of America and blame it on somebody else just so they could go to war. That tells you what these people are all about. And uh, Stephen, jump in here and help me before I hang myself. Well, it's kind of like they did on 9-11, the same kind of thing. It was just like I've seen their, their plans where they made plans to do that time and time again. Uh, there was a conversation they had about running their own gunboats and pretending it was the uh, Republican Guard from Iran to get us in there. I, honestly, I really expected them to pull that card earlier this year. you know. And that, but it's back in the Red Sea again, just the same place where the Liberty got, got uh, hit. That's that's no, the, what, the liberty got yeah. in the Mediterranean. Oh, yeah, Mediterranean. Hit, the, hit hit. It was hit in the Mediterranean. Oh, I thought it was yes. already in the there in the no, okay. Wow, okay. No, I, was, in the I had I had it on the other side there, so they were even closer then. Oh, okay. I had the I had it pictured in my mind. I'm glad you said that. I had well, that okay, but still now. It, it, the things are ramped back up more in the Red Sea, I guess, than they are there at the Mediterranean. But it's still anybody going there has got to remember what happened to you guys, even if it didn't happen in the Red Sea before. It's you know, and, and back also, I remember in the eighties they had that that tanker war. There's always some excuse. Yes, sir. Go ahead. Oh, I'm sorry, uh, Stephen. I, there's just a question I have for Phil and for Kathy here. And that is this. And here, this is this is my thoughts. I own them. I'll stand by them. But I just want to ask you both a question. I don't want to see this monument on any government land anywhere. They don't deserve it. What I would like to see is this monument on the people's land somewhere. I want to see it because you folks belong to the people. The government has thrown you out the back door after they killed so many of you. I want to see this to be a people's monument 
and I don't want anywhere, anyhow, that the government could say, okay, we'll put it right here. I don't want to see that. But that's just me. So, Phil and Kathy, how do you feel about that? Go ahead, Kathy. Done and done. It, they don't deserve this monument. And I swear to God, I was just talking to Phil the other night and Dan that lives in my RV park, and I said, why can't we buy our own property? And yesterday when we were talking, Mike, and you said that, I almost fell out of my chair. I went, I just talked to Dan and Phil about this two days ago. And that's where this is headed. I already, I'm a visionary, and I've always had um, foresight that I know when things are going to happen, what's going to happen, and I remember Sister Claire, my really dear friend that's a Catholic nun, and she always said to me, Kathy, you have a direct line to God, and I said, I do, and I just know, and later on when we talk maybe about the other monuments, i got a couple stories about that. I know, and when, I, when Phil told me that the other night, I was so disheartened and distraught that I literally sat there and sobbed going, you're kidding me. And then all of a sudden I went, then we'll just buy our own property. We'll put it on our own property. We'll make our own monument park. And here's an interesting fact. When I started doing this two and a half years ago, one of the girls that was on my team, she researched it. I'm the only person in the country that is making monuments for each individual war that is not related to anybody um, in the government or anybody that had served. I'm the only one in the country. And so going forward is like, then we're going to make my own park. And that's exactly what I've done in Cedar Ridge, Colorado. We have Supporter Soldiers Veterans Monument Park. And these monuments are so incredible that they need to be seen, huh, Phil? I mean, they're a couple, I'll just share a couple months ago, um, I kind of, the only way I can describe it is I kind of lost my stuffing. And I had a health issue, so when I got back from the Mayo Clinic, I got influenza, and then I'm going, this doesn't matter, you know? And I I would go and sit at the monuments all the time, and I would just sit there and go, it, this really doesn't matter. So I lost my stuffing. So then I decided, okay, let's look at women of war. And the minute I started studying about women of war in World War One. It's like, oh, it's back. I'm on. Don't tell me no because I don't accept that, and we're moving forward, and we will purchase our own property for our monuments, and the liberty has to have its own place, period. Amen. Amen. Kathy, may I share with the folks uh, one of the subjects uh, that is a new idea in your head and which just really touched my heart? Can we uh, mention that? You mention anything you want, Mike. Well, thank you, lady. Yesterday, when we were talking, and uh, not I don't even think Phil knows uh, what my involvement was with the American prisoner of war and missing in action debacle. Uh, you know, I worked in that, became vice president of the American Foundation for Accountability of Prisoners of War and Missing in Action. And if you want to talk about another people group of people who have been thrown into the uh, dustbin of history, it's those people. And, uh, you know, it was kind of funny. I, I 
not really sure, Kathy, maybe you remember what exactly brought that forward, but when I mentioned it, you said, well, uh, you were talking about doing a monument for the POWs and the MIAs. And what a fantastic idea, I believe, it would be to have that monument for those people this country left behind to be tortured and used for medical experiments and used as guinea pigs and everything else, that this government did the same thing to them. What, how fantastic it would be to have the Liberty Monument near a monument to these same wonderful, brave people. Kathy, you want to elaborate? Yeah, it's already done, Mike. Like I said, I'm a visionary, and it's already going to happen. And interestingly, when we were talking about another thing, this dog tag thing that I'm going to do, and Dan and I were talking, and we literally Googled, is there any monument to POWs or MIAs anywhere in the country? And there's a little bit here and there, but there's nothing specific just for that, like the Vietnam uh, Wall. And I believe there's 89,000. Don't quote me because I'm not sure of the number. And then when we were talking yesterday and you said you were the, the president and I was like, wait a minute. I just Vice talked President. to Dan two days ago about this, and I'm going, you got to be kidding me. And I said, that's exactly what we're going to do. We're going to make that. And so we need all of our monuments in one place to honor everyone in all of the wars, the POWs, the MIAs, especially the Liberty, because nobody's given a shit about them for 58 years now. And why not? Why not? Make our well, own. Can we, we don't get need- your thoughts on that, buddy? Oh, I'm sorry, Kathy. Phil, your thoughts on that? Oh, yeah. That, listen, that's a dream come true. Uh, and it would be, uh, it, it would be a, a place of uh, great honor and, and uh, remembrance and somber reflection uh, on American heroes that, uh, that, that got past, tossed into... Uh, got tossed into being uh, guinea pigs, so to speak, just because they wanted to serve their country and honor their country. And, uh, well, Phil, oh, go ahead, sir. I'm sorry. No, go ahead. No, that's fine. Well, one of the things I wanted to mention, I don't think I have ever been hurt, you know, emotionally, as bad as I was back in 1988, or 89, I'm trying to, you know, trying to put that together again, uh, when uh, Robert Garwood uh, was returned from Hanoi, and he was a POW, and of course, uh, he had been released, and then when he got back to the United States, the Marine Corps tried to charge him with desertion and collaboration with the enemy and all kind of other stuff. He won the case except for collaboration and his fine was that they took all of his pay and allowances for all the time he was a POW. No so folks, way. If, if, if you want to see what it's like, but the thing that broke my heart talking with that man was when he said, I'll never forget. He said, do you know what the North Vietnamese, what they, were, what they would do just to rub it in to us who were still there Years after Nixon and Carter said all our POWs are home, he said, do you know what they would do? They would put on the loudspeaker and play over and over and over that television conference of Richard Nixon where he would say, 
all our POWs are home. Can you imagine what it must have felt like to those men to hear the president of their own country, their commander-in-chief, making a statement like that? I had no idea that even happened. Yes, ma'am, it did. Oh, and my God. I mean, there are, as I mentioned with you yesterday, one of the greatest times of my life. And I, I tell you what, I've got to meet Phil Turney. I've got to shake his hand. It's got to happen, and I'm going to make it happen one way or the other, you know, if the good Lord lets us live long enough. And you too, Kathy. I've got, because during the 80s when I was with the, uh, well, the latter part of the 80s, when I was with the American Foundation for Accountability of Prisoners of War Missing in Action, I started out as a uh, public relations, uh, doing computer work, doing all kinds of stuff. And then uh, in 88, I was elected vice president uh, by the group. But one of the things in my life was the men I got to meet, the POWs who were returned from Vietnam. And it was just the feeling I had with these men. And then to find out, you know, that our government left 20,000 American POWs. 20,000? Yes, 21,000. Exactly. I've got the exact number somewhere. In the hands of the Russians at the end of World War II, and covered it up. And the fact that and the fact that George Patton confronted Eisenhower on a train platform, I've got the documents, confronted Eisenhower and he told Ike, he said, If you don't do something about this, Ike, I will. I'm not gonna let the Russians take these men and take them into Siberia and let's not get them back. He said, If I have to put Germans in American uniforms my German prisoners, put them in American uniforms and go get them back. I'll do it. Ten days later, Patton's dead. Yeah, he fell over in a car accident. Yeah, yeah, a car accident where nobody was injured but him. Yep. Believable. Even his dog wasn't injured. Yep. Wow. Wow. So, yes, uh, when we get... When we get into these subjects, guys, Kathy, I know how you feel because my inside starts churning and I'm torn between throwing up and shooting somebody. So, <laughs> no, not really. But uh, I, I get quite angry at this when I realize what this government has done, not just to its people, but to its warriors. How do you yeah. do this to the people who will state state formally to you? Here is a check that From I will life. pay up up to my life. I will give my life in defense of this country, and then the very government that sends you into harm's way would do that to the people. I, you know, all yeah, of this. God. All of this has got to come forward, and Kathy, you are a godsend, as are you, Phil. And I'm going to find some way to sit down with you guys and talk, because uh, it's just going to be that important to me. And uh, I'm looking forward to that. And, of course, I don't want to blather on here, because I, I want you guys to uh, uh, do as much as you can to tell the people, because you guys are in right there on the front lines right now. I'm I'm on my way. So... Uh, <laughs> We're, we're all Kathy. on the front line. And i got to tell you something, uh, Mike. You know, Please, uh, you, you've, got, you've got a lot of grit in you. And, uh, you know, what you've done, 
uh, with those guys. I just can't imagine. I really, I really can't. But uh, I know it. Uh, they'll probably never be the same. I mean, I'm not talking about going out and being crazy. I'm just saying, you know, I, you know, knowing what your government did to you—that's kind of the way I feel. But uh, we get a place to this monument. A place of great honor. Anywhere we put it will be honored. Of course, the final say comes down to Miss Kathy. But the the thing that I want I want for her monuments too. Not just not just the Liberty. I'm telling you, these monuments are are you have to see them in person and feel them. What what she's done with with her with her vision of. Uh, Helping veterans. That's all she does is help veterans. You know. Oh, Phil, thanks. Well, Phil and Kathy. uh, I'm sorry, Phil. I didn't mean to step on you there, buddy. But the one thing that always. No, go ahead, Mike. The one thing that always pops in my head, my friend, is this. And that's the scripture that says, Greater love hath no man than he who would lay down his life for his friends. Yep. And there's one thing we know. One thing we know for sure: the government won't do it. So this is going to have to be, as I see it. You folks, correct me at any time. As I see this, the finding a place for this monument and for the POW MIA monument, whatever the other monuments we got to have, that's got to belong to the people. Yeah. I don't. I, go ahead, wow. Phil. They don't want it anyway, or they destroy it. Yes. Once That's my biggest it, fear. Yeah. What, well, yeah look, once look, you give it to them, they own it. They can do what they want to with it. Exactly. That's my point. And look what they're doing with the monuments to our great Confederate heroes. They're spitting on them. What they're it's doing. very sad. Yeah, it's, it's absolutely incredible and, you know, at least, I hope, if nothing else, I hope more people will wake up to exactly what this government is. Because I don't think there's any clear definition anywhere of what this government is all about any more than the USS Liberty and the POWMIAs. I don't think there's anything that fully illustrates the character of this government better than that does. Stephen, you got a comment here, buddy? Yeah, I really like the what you said that... The- should belong to the people instead of the people who were at least complicit in their attempted murder and then tried to cover it up by sinking the ship on the sending it to Malta and then not to mention what the officers did when they came in and take off their insignia and all and threaten everybody just to cover it up and this 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 needs to be remembered people need to know this happened especially now I wanted to say especially now in light of the war that's going on in Israel Big time. Big time. Couldn't agree more. Kathy? It's so interesting when Phil was telling me that. And, I mean, I literally lived and breathed the Liberty, huh, Phil, for, let's see, we started it January 9th. We put it on the marble with the resist and everything. I think it was the end of April. And when I kept hearing the stories from Phil over and 
different, these different fellas that have come into my life that just by accident, just like the guy in the RV, I mean, what were the chances of that? And what about last summer, the guy that was on the America? And it's just completely blows my mind. Nothing is by accident. It's a godsidence. And what happened to the shipmates on the Liberty and the the trauma and, I mean, in all of the wars, it's just horrific what these poor men and women have uh, done. And I guess that's, that's my mission, my life. And just to share why I do this, when I was 11, I wore a POW bracelet, and my bracelet was Captain Lance Saijon. He was shot down oh in Vietnam goodness. on November 6, 1967, drug himself through the jungle for 45 days, evaded captivity, and he um, died in captivity January 22nd. And here's another really weird story. I have all these incredible things that have happened. So... Taps has played for my house all this time, and my friend's, my son's best friend was shot down in Syria. He was an F-16 Top Gun fighter pilot. And this lady moved across the street, and she called, and she goes, you're the one playing Taps? And I said, yeah. And she said, could you turn it down? It's a little loud. And I said, I mean, I was just so stunned. And so she she goes, do you have anybody in the military? I said, no. And she goes, have you ever had anybody killed? And I said, listen, ma'am, my son's best friend was shot down, and he is no more important than any of these other soldiers, men and women that have been killed serving our country. And if you want me to turn it down, you just go to hell. And I hung up on her, and I was so damn mad. And so I went down to town, the town hall here, and I... They know me. Trust me, they know me. And I walked really? in there. I said, Let, oh, yeah, Hansel. <laughs> and I walked in, and I said, listen, this bitch just called me and told me to turn taps down, and I'm going to tell you now again, I will never turn it down. It will never go off, and how dare her. And the girls went, we know, Kathy. We, we got it. No worries. And so I was so mad, and here's another really fascinating part of like this story. So on January 22nd, that was the day he was died in captivity in Vietnam. The summer before, here comes an RVer, you know, didn't know anything. I said, just go to site number five. I'm up on the mesa with my grandkids. I'll be back in the morning. So taps goes off. And this is how things work with me in my life. And Phil can confirm all of these stories because they're so freaking weird. So Taps goes off and this lady walks up to me and she is crying. And not just, you know, little tears going down her cheeks. She is boohoo crying. And I was like, oh my gosh, are you okay? And she looks at me out of the blue and she said, have you ever heard of Captain Lance John? And I went... Um, actually, yes, I wore his POW bracelet when I was 11, and I just had a tub of all the letters that soldiers have written me over the years with an article from the Denver Post and the Rocky Mountain News about Captain John. and at the Air Force Academy, there is a hall named after him, John Hall. She looks at me, tears coming down her face, you know, got herself in control, and she goes, Ed flew with him. They were best friends at the Academy, and I went wait a minute, are you kidding me? 
And she goes, no. So she walks over, we walk over to the table, and she looks at Ed, and she goes, you're not going to believe this. She said, Kathy wore Lance's POW bracelet when she was 11, and I looked at him, and I said, you knew him? And he looks at me, and he goes, you wore his bracelet? And I went, yes. You need to tell me every single thing about this man. It was like there was nobody in the world but me and Ed. And it was the most amazing thing. So I called Hank Lohmeyer, the paper of the Delta County Independent, and he came and wrote a story about it. And I said, Ed, you're the rest of my story. I know personally now about this man. And it was just so incredible. So those kinds of things happen all the time. How does that happen? It's not by accident. How did I meet Phil Turney? It was his wife going to the post office because I'd mailed 25 boxes to soldiers in Iraq and Afghanistan, and the one lady wasn't nice to me, and Lisa was. And we would stand and pray over the boxes, and off they would go. Nothing's by accident. And when you think about the impact of simple things, that little things that people could do and acknowledge, you know, so many people forget about our military. Hold on there, Kathy. We've got a break coming up. We'll be back on the other side. No the truth you're listening to republic broadcasting network real news real talk real people because you can handle the truth people often write to tell us what has happened for them since starting extendivite allow me to read a few after taking extendivite for about six months i've noticed improvement on the numbness of my hands and wrists from the carpal tunnel syndrome i will continue to buy product This formula is very powerful. I am feeling much better. My heart rate and blood pressure is stabilized. My lower edema has reduced and lower leg pain due to blood clots has disappeared. This product has relieved what appears to be an angina problem. Pain in the chest after climbing stairs and short on breath. I'm quite happy about it. To order, call 1-877-928-8822 or visit extendivite.com. That's X-T-E-N-D-O-V-I-T-E dot com. Extend your life with Extendovite. My name is John. I'm the founder of Blackout Coffee, and I started uh, Blackout because I really love coffee. I've always loved coffee, and after traveling so much to Europe, South America, and trying so many different coffees that were so good, and uh, every time I came back, uh, to the U.S., I was so disappointed with the coffee, so I figured that I had to do something about it. The biggest difference is really is on the beans and the roasting process, how we roast it, and how fresh it is. The fresher the roast, the better the quality. Here I have like all, all of the coffee. It's roasted within one to two days prior to being shipped. So it literally gets to consumers' house within three to five days after being roasted. If you like coffee... You have to try ours. It's fresh roasted. It's one of the best beans that we can get. And you will definitely see the difference. Visit blackoutcoffee.com and use the coupon code REPUB10. That's REPUB10. 
Tahibo Tea Club's original Pure Pouty Arco Super Tea comes from the only tree in the world that fungus does not grow on. As a result, it naturally has antifungal, anti-infection, antiviral, antibacterial, anti-inflammation, and anti-parasite properties. So the tea is great for healthy people because it helps build the immune system and it can truly be miraculous for someone fighting a potentially life-threatening disease due to an infection, diabetes, or cancer. The tea is also organic and naturally caffeine-free. A one-pound package of tea is $49.95, which includes shipping. To order, please visit drinksupertea.com. The first word is drink, spelled D-R-I-N-K, then the word super, then the word tea. The complete website is drinksupertea.com or call us at 818-965-9113, Monday through Saturday, 9 a.m. to 5 p.m. California time. That's 818-965-9113, drinksupertea.com. I hope you don't mind that I let that play just a little bit longer for dear Miss Kathy. And, uh, and of course, uh, she has a special connection to that song, of course. And, you know, it's uh, been one of my favorites now for 50 years. And I was fortunate enough, one of those crazy things that happens in your life, I was fortunate enough to be at the very last concert that Leonard Skinner did in Greenville, South Carolina, before they crashed on the way to Mississippi. So, man, uh, so that thank you uh, for acknowledging that. Wow, man, man, at my... to, I tell you what, at that concert when they played Freebird, people were standing in their chairs. And it, <laughs> that it was just, our first uh, dance. <laughs> oh my God! Well, I, I'm glad we were able to bring it back for you, and I think the good Lord's with us here, or we wouldn't have heard that, right? That's exactly what I wrote you. I was like, holy shit, are you kidding me, Freebird? And I looked up and I went, Michael, do you hear this? Yeah. Yeah, yeah I did. No, I'm not fun. kidding you. Okay, uh, Phil, what uh, have you ever envisioned in your mind the perfect place for this monument? And, you know, throw away all of the government crap. All right, have you thought about a place that would be perfect for this? You, you know, I have, uh, Mike, but to be honest with you, I I really believe uh, the good Lord will find us a place, and that's where Lynn got me. Well, I agree with you, and I think that the good Lord has led us to this uh, time today to put all of this together, because there's going to be somewhere out there Phil and Kathy, there's going to be someone 
that these words will fall upon their ears and they will be led to do as you folks have done and as we have worked towards this i i have total 100 percent confidence in that there's no doubt and as we were on the break um for some reason on my phone i was looking through <clears throat> gonna get choked up again I am looking at a picture of the USS Liberty, an original picture, not sure where or who took it, and there's a helicopter hovering above the deck, and I believe that they were going to come down and finish you guys off, and somebody flipped them off. Yeah, and somebody flipped them off, and they flipped each other off, and off they went. As I'm looking at this original picture, the damage on this ship, is I, I I mean I haven't looked at it for you know a few months and I'm looking at it. Why this ship is even standing in the water is beyond me. The damage there is holes every single inch of this ship. Bullet holes, rocket holes. It was napalmed, and it, it, I'm just looking at this picture now, and I, I just can't even. I can't even believe what I'm looking at because well, I Kathy, haven't looked at it for a number of years or months. Kathy, God's wow. ships don't sink. Mm, no. No. And there there was a reason, as we talked about a couple of weeks ago with Phil and, uh, and of course, uh, you know, the Ron, and we talked about this, and that ship did not sink for a reason. Absolutely. And that is the reason I think that, you know, it had it sunk, you know, number one, I believe from where I was sitting at an NSAL FLR9 facility when this all happened, listening to the whole thing. And it, it was just. Oh, my just, God, I forgot that. It was heart wrenching. Uh. It was heart wrenching to listen to this. But, but folks don't even think for a minute that that had one iota of a difference about what was actually happening to these men. But it was not comfortable to listen to in any no, way, shape, fashion. No, hey, you're exactly right, Mike. I can you know, hey, I can't imagine you listening to it, and there's not a damn thing you can do about it. Uh, but well, uh, exactly. Know, uh, uh, I really believe this, and I, I believe it with all my heart. Uh, the reason we were spared, Mike, uh, by the good Lord, is for moments like this. Amen. Uh, and, uh, you know, we're just, we're just like everybody else. We're just regular people. And, uh, be shunned by your government be set up to be murdered and everything. You know, it's a lot to take. And then they take our free our freedom of speech away from us, telling us that, you know, we'll go to get fined or uh, go to prison or worse. I mean, uh, after we just went through, went through that, and uh, then to be dressed down by a Admiral, Admiral Kidd. Uh, he has to be dancing you know. with the devil. Oh, yeah. Yeah, they all are. But, uh, I mean, what else could they do to us? 
They'd already done everything else, and we miraculously saved our ship. We were, listen, God had a hand in that. We were just his servants that day. That's all. Just his servants. So that's that's how we survived. Uh, We came together, and uh, we uh, took care of each other. And still are. I'm di- yeah, I just flipped through and I found a picture of the 13 survivors at the reunion last June. And looking at these men, all mid-70s, met and talked to every one of them. One gentleman, he couldn't even talk to me. And every time I would walk up to him, his lip was just quivering. And after, I think, the second day, I just put my hand on his shoulder and I said, Sir, I understand. And the only thing he said to me was, You get it. And I said, Yes, sir, I get it. I'll never, ever forget that man as long as I live. And now he actually called me this morning. And he said, We'll be talking tomorrow. And when you look at these men that were sacrificed, literally, and, I mean, I'm looking at all their faces now, and I know Phil really, really well now. I mean, we've cried together. We've laughed together. He's seen me at my worst. He's seen me at my best. And there's no greater honor in my entire life than making that Liberty Monument. And a few months ago, I was talking to Lark and our other artist. And I said to them, guys, we're monument makers. That's what we do. There's nobody in the entire country that does what we do. And there's three of us, three girls, that make these monuments. And they are extraordinary. But the Liberty, every time we get done, was, oh, that's the best one. That's the best one. The Liberty, the detail that is on that monument, I, I still, I'm looking at it going, how did, how did we do that and I'm looking at the carvings and everything that we did and the drawings and I just went how did we do that it was months months and months of hand staking work everything done by hand and it's sitting in a stupid warehouse because nobody will have the balls to put it somewhere of value and in importance and somebody will Somebody will, it's got to be on display because, not just because I made it, it's that important. It's that important to our country, and people don't know what it is, and it's it's just amazing. And this monument, I truly believe when the survivors see it in person and they walk up and to touch it, they're going to be healed in some part of their heart. It's not going to take the pain away by any means, and I'm not saying that, but it's going to heal them as much as anything could possibly heal them. And I I think that's true. Right, Phil? Yeah. Yeah. It's just, you know, it's just, it's unbelievable. Uh, The artwork, uh, the way it looks, the way it sits on on that uh, double uh, barrel bottom of it, it's squared up and then you got uh, buttresses on both sides. It's, I'm telling you, 
this is the best looking thing I've ever seen in my life. Not just because of the USS Liberty, but your artwork is unbelievable. It is uh, faces. You can tell the faces. They're right off the picture she took, and you can pick out the people. That's how detailed it is. It's incredibly detailed. Well, no one would know that better than you, Phil. Yes, sir. And uh, what an honor! What, what an honor to be part of this. But well, you know, it's, it's going to take it's going to take all of us. Listen, my view is this: uh, they're tearing down monuments all over the country. Uh, our country is being invaded. Uh, our civil liberties. Uh, are they want to take away? Uh, they want to uh, disrespect uh, veterans that uh, serve this country honorably, and because they don't care, they just don't care. As you said earlier, they just well, basically, they're all pop-up companies for people in in high places that uh, they'll attend a funeral and look at their freaking watch. Yep. Uh, Let's not forget, Phil, that under George W. Shrub Bush, that when they were bringing back those bodies from Iraq, you know, he signed the letters to the families with a machine. And then Barbara Bush made the, if, if people, if you can't figure this out, when Barbara Bush was answered, was asked about this by Diane Sawyer on national television about why that there were not going to these bodies being returned, why that the public officials, the president and others, and Barbara Bush said, oh, we can't trouble our beautiful minds with such stuff. People, if you don't know what you're dealing with, that right there, or Madeleine Albright, who said that the deaths of 250,000 Iraqis was okay because we're accomplishing a political objective. People, if you don't understand what these people are that you are electing to public office, you deserve what you get. That's all I can tell you. But I can tell you this. The people who put their lives on the line, they don't deserve it. They don't deserve the treatment that's happening. I'm so tired of this, so upset with this. And folks, for listeners, I would ask you, if you want to find out why the USS Liberty was attacked, look up Operation Cyanide. And the Liberty was attacked, hoped that it would be sunk so that LBJ, Lyndon Baines Johnson, could be re-elected in 1968. True. Uh, Mike, uh, go ahead, Ron. Also add, yeah, please. Mike, uh, Phil, I'm sorry. Phil, I'm sorry. First, go ahead. That's all right. I just wanted to add, uh, Mike, uh, you know, if you go to uh, sacrificingliberty.com, uh, maybe we talked about this at the last time I was with you, Mike. I, I'm not for sure, but I do want to remind people, sacrificingliberty.com, that's the uh, the uh, four-part series. It 
has got many survivors on there uh, that we could get. And I think you've already seen it, right, Mike? Yes, sir. Yeah, if you please go there, uh, guys, uh, everybody out there, and I hope you got a big audience. Uh, you know, I was on RBM four or five years trying to, you know, with uh, your voice counts. And it's a tough deal. Uh, and I've, I've never given up, but you know what? I, I, I got a lot of uh, admiration for you, you guys, both of you. And uh, you, you're doing God's work, and I believe that from my heart. I well, Phil, you, know, <laughs> you could not honor me any more than you just did with those words, sir. Uh, you just could not do it. But I don't do this for recognition. I do it because it should be done. And people, if you don't know who drew up Operation Cyanide, it was LBJ's handler from the time he was in Congress from Texas. He engineered a, an election to get LBJ into the Senate in 1948, a crooked election. Imagine that. And his name was Abe Fortas. Where was Abe Fortas from? Israel. Wow. So, folks, if you can't begin to figure this out, go ahead, Ron. I'm uh, I'm Phil. Ah! Yeah, I'm sorry. It's going on right now in Palestine. Terrible. Oh yes, same thing. Same thing. We're we're looking at the same thing. People are are so idiotic that they do not understand for a minute that Hamas was the creation of Israel. What is the motto of? Uh, Mossad, by deception, we make war. It's, it's it, you know, it's so, you really have to be purposely dumb not to see this. I'm stunned. Ahead, yeah, guys. purposely dumb or people just don't uh, really give a shit anymore. But they better start give, giving given uh, life a whole different meaning uh, with the invasion of our borders. Now, something could happen anywhere, Mike, and I believe that. It's all a setup before the election. Everything, all this is all, they do this for a reason. Power, 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 power over the people. Wear a mask, wear a mask on an airplane. You better put that mask Take a vaccine. On. Take a vaccine, yes. Yeah, uh-uh, you know, but uh, well, that's America Phil, right now. Phil, I hope that you and Kathy both will be able to tune in to my program tomorrow night on RBN. Now, it's a little late. It won't be for you guys. It's 9 to 11 Eastern time. But tomorrow night, I am going to draw with my good buddy here, Stephen Douglas Whitener. We are going to draw a parallel with what's happening now in America with what happened in the 1850s before the Civil War. And that is the fact that Abraham Lincoln was elected by immigrants, not by Americans. He didn't even get a vote in 10 states. Not one vote from the people in 10 states. And yet, the immigrants, the Marxist immigrants from Europe, elected Abraham Lincoln. And he put them into the army over 
30, over 300,000 of them to invade the South. Now, we are about to see the same thing because it was just a couple of weeks ago that Senator Dick Durbin from Illinois stood up and said, oh, we've got to get these immigrants into the military because we're not, our recruitment levels are down, and we've got to get these people into the military so they can earn their citizenship. People were looking at Civil War Part Two, and we're really going to jump into that tomorrow night with the help of my buddy here, Stephen Douglas Whitener, and I hope you folks will be able to listen. Go ahead, guys. They can't. What they can't take. Uh, what they can't take uh, by orders, they would take by power. Amen. Amen. Absolutely. Absolutely. And uh, Phil, I, please pardon me for calling you Ron. I think of both of you guys at the same time. I, I am so sorry about that. Well, that's, uh, hey, listen, I'd be proud to call Ron Kugel any any day. I love that guy. Uh, he's something else, isn't he? Yeah, he's a good man. Good friend. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. It was such a pleasure to have both of you folks on. And, uh, Kathy, I hope that you'll be able to listen tomorrow night to the old rebel madman. <laughs> I will do my best to to listen to that. And what a, what a joy being on here today. And it's just bringing a lot of emotion up for me, just, you know, looking at all these pictures about the liberty and everything that happened and just remembering all the stories and, you know, calling Phil, go, Phil, come on up. You got to see it now. You got to see it now. And it's, it was just such a honor to do it. And, you know, when we were done with it, I have pictures, which will be on my webpage. Um, I'm not sure exactly when, but fairly soon. And, you know, there's the three of us girls. We had a glass of wine and we're dancing around. And you know, the the stress of making it just makes us girls do such silly things. And at one point, we were almost done um, with the resist. So me and the other artist, we had this resist like on our faces. Is like, how are, how are my wrinkles now? Are, are they going up now? And we have <laughs> laughed so hard about that. And just. I mean, that's how we had to relieve our stress because it was so labor-intensive, so sad doing it, looking at these pictures day after day after day after day after day. Those girls standing for hundreds of hours in a hot sandblasting booth and not even batting an eyelash and just looking at these pictures of what we accomplished. And it's like, oh, my God, I remember... Uh, we the only thing that was printed by computer was the names of the killed and then the headings and everything. It literally took me two and a half hours, and it, I can't think, I think it's called weeding, but I call it plucking, and you have almost like this little dental tool. You have to pull out every single piece of the resist that's going to be sandblasted. It took me personally two and a half hours to pluck out all of the the names before it was blasted. My fingers, I had pictures of my fingers were so raw with all of these things stuck to it, all these names. And then when you look at it and you, you take out, you know, someone's name, it's like, that's someone. That's someone's name on there that died. And I'm just looking at these pictures now, and it's just so sad. 
and nobody knows. Nobody knows what happened to these men. I do, and I didn't, but I do now, and well, that's Kathy, why everybody. Hmm. If I may say so, and I hope, and I, I'm sure that Phil will agree with me. You are as much a warrior as any of us have ever been. And I thank you for everything you've done. Great. You make- I'll, sec- I'll second that, no doubt. I'll second that. Well, it's just really special, Kathy. Uh, you know, and, you know, I, I realize things happen for a reason. And, you know, our wonderful show with Phil and Ron, you know, which I just really Man, it meant so much to me to be able to do that. And I thank, again, my co-host here, Stephen Douglas Whitener, for making that possible that we could actually do that in that elongated time. We're about a minute away from our uh, uh, break at the top of the hour, and then we're going to bring on the two gentlemen, uh, you know, Kathy, that I told you about. Phil, we're bringing on uh, D.W., who was a was the first commercial airline pilot to fly into uh, New York after 9-11. He has some wonderful uh, stories, but he's not going to get into those. This is all about you guys. But I'm sure that my good friends, DW and Cal, out there in Arizona, they're going to have some more questions for you guys. And you guys are just so special. I just, I, I don't know. I couldn't tell you how special you are. And Phil, I mean... Yes. Phil, if I hadn't have talked with you a couple of weeks ago, I would never have met Kathy. And I believe that there was a purpose for that entire thing. Well, oh, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I mean, we got a network. Here That's com- it. Go ahead. Here comes, here comes the music. We'll be back on the other side, folks. Hang with us. What would you say if I told you we have a new tool that will increase production and lower maintenance costs for your meat processing company, and it would pay for itself in just six weeks? When pigs fly! The new Ease-Off Model EZ4 replaces old spring-style carcass droppers and is faster, safer, and more reliable. The Ease-Off lowers or lifts 1,000 pounds to or from your rail automatically using our remote control. Sounds expensive. Can I afford it? Can you afford not to try the Ease-Off? It installs fast with just three bolts in place of your current dropper. The effortless operation will reduce fatigue and injuries, speed up your line, eliminate downtime, and increase profit. How can I order my EaseOff? Go to EaseOff.com, E-A-Z-E-O-F-F.com. And hurry, because we are offering $200 off on the new Easy 4 for a limited time. EaseOff.com. We make pigs fly. Cows, too. EaseOff, LLC. Summersville, Missouri. 417-932-6419. 
can't handle the truth. You're listening to Republic Broadcasting Network. Visit republicbroadcasting.org today because you can handle the truth. 